All right, the Astros are down 0-2 in the ALCS. It's very concerning. Texans get their first one of the season without Billy O. Hooray. Dak, done for the year. That's sad. All right, is it time for Tom Herman to go at Texas? Uh, Yeah, like two years ago. <laughs> is the win over number four Florida indicative that Jimbo has the Aggies headed in the right direction? Probably. That was a good win. All right, LeBron, he gets his fourth ring. No one cares. And Cal Allen against Corpus Christi Miller this weekend at Buck Stadium. That's more important to me than LeBron ever will be. <laughs> all right, we'll have all of this a packed show today right here on the Ride On Sports Podcast. Yeah. This is the Ride On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All so, right. Uh, hi, Gabe Myers. We are here and we are live. Are you just going to be real melancholy today? Well, that's the word I'm using. I'm not happy. You're not happy. I'm not happy. I was going to boycott today, honestly, but I couldn't do that to you and, and the big man in the big chair over there. You were just happy that Jeff Blum agreed with you on a topic. That's why you're here. <laughs> Jeff Blum's my boy. Jeff Blum is awesome. I love Jeff Blum. We hung out one time. Did y'all really? Yeah. It was awesome. That's great. He's a cool guy. Well, so, okay. Now I have to tell a story, right? Yeah, you do. All right, yeah. well, let's start this. We'll start this off with a, a story. So a couple of years ago, 2017 to be exact, okay. the Astros were doing their caravan, and they brought to Corpus Christi, as usual, a couple of uh, guys no one cared about, and they brought Preston Tucker and Tyler White. <laughs> Which, of course, Preston brought us Kyle, so let's be thankful yeah. for that. Tyler White brought us, um, who did they bring? They were, he was in the game yesterday. Uh, he pitched yesterday, and they they happened to mention he came over in a Tyler White trade with the the Dodgers. But scrub, Andre yeah, Andre scrub? scrub, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Jeff Blum was also with them, and I happened to work out at the Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, the wonderful, wonderful Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, and I got to host them because the MWR lady yeah. who normally would screwed the whole thing up. Oh, so, great! So we end up having them at the bowling alley, and just a handful of people showed up. Well, I walk in, and I have a baseball for the guys to sign, of course, and the first thing I say to Jeff Blum is, I used to really hate you, man. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, he laughs. He just laughs and says, man, I get that a lot. And then I was like, you know, we laugh, we hug, you know, we got tattoos, things like that. Yeah. But now he was great. And then um, because not a lot of people showed up, we had him for like two hours, we just bowled. And yeah. so I bowled with Preston Tucker, Totter White, Jeff Blum just kind of watched. But we, we were conversing, though, about the upcoming season. And I was excited. This is before we got JV at the time, too. This is Oh, this is before this spring, the 2017 yeah, this is season. February 2017. Oh, okay. Before even spring training starts. So we're just talking about how great the roster's constructed. And I was like, man, this might be a really great year for us. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm actually really excited for it, blah, blah, blah. And then, and again, we got tattoos. And so he's yeah. always remembered me since. And it's been great. But the point is, Jeff Blum's a really cool guy. Yeah, he seems like just his personality, like on the broadcast, he seems like he's real down to earth, an easy guy to hang out with. His podcast is uh, Bleacher Blums. Bleacher Blums, yeah. Yes. It's actually really solid. But what I like about him is he'll get raw and he'll get real. And just like that, like that question. So the question, so you guys, all of you thousands listening, is on Twitter. I'd posed to Jeff Blum after Alex Bregman had swung at the first pitch after eight straight balls. I asked him, Blum, basically in that situation, do you swing? And he said, not normally. And granted, Alex Bregman's a better hitter than anybody on Twitter for the most part. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, and, unless you know, your name is uh, Pete Rose, then yeah, yeah. Bregman, Bregman's probably a better hitter than you are. But so 
it's easy to criticize. It's easy to armchair so, quarterback the situation. Right. And so we disagree on. So yeah. it, it's not that I think you sh- like he should have been automatic swinging on after eight straight balls on that first pitch, but he got a fastball at a pretty good part of the strike zone, and he put a good swing on it, hit it ninety eight miles an hour. It just found the center fielder. Yeah, and the guy hadn't been in the zone yeah. two pitchers in a row or batters in a row, so he was like, "Well, here's a pitch to hit." Yeah, um, he was. I mean, whether I don't know if he was trying to go the other way or not, like he was trying to place it somewhere, but right. only needed a couple of runs there. Um, well, I mean, you're not like honest as a baseball player, you're just trying to hit the ball hard. Yeah, like it was just disheartening <laughs> because that's how the series has gone so far through yeah. two games. The fielders have hardly had to move, and if they do, they're making like miraculous plays, like Margot. Oh my God, Joey Wendell at third base yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, that was like he was Nolan Arenado yesterday. Like, it's good just, Lord. Everything's panning out for the Rays, and that's okay. It goes that way. It's like in 2018 with the Red Sox. The yeah. Red Sox. That's what this series feels like. Yeah, to me. they had the Astros mojo from the previous year, and it seems like this series right now, the Rays have what we would normally say is the Astros mojo. Did you? So I'm, I imagine you follow Brian McTaggart on Twitter. Yes. So he had tweeted, it feels like the late 90s Astros playoff runs. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, I was, yeah, I you know, I wasn't fully coherent during the <laughs> late 90s. But uh, but for me, it feels like 2018 Boston. Yeah. Like, it, that's it exactly does. what this feels like to me, where it's just everything is. Margot is being the uh, Mookie Betts. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. So who do, who do you blame, Altuve or Yuli for the error? Yuli. So I blame Yuli, too. I just, I don't. Okay, it, one, it wasn't a great throw by Altuve. It wasn't a great throw, but but Yuli did it twice. He didn't pick. There's two balls that he didn't pick yeah. that he should have. And then you have Choi over here, you know, being a gymnast. I yeah, mean, Yuli's a better first baseman than he is. I think there's a lot of stuff in Yuli's head right now. He's not hitting, and now he's had. He got know, a blue pit yesterday, and he got yeah, a he had a he couple of on, walks as yeah, well. Yeah, so he got he got drilled right. He no, got was drilled. Brantley. I think both of them. Right, Brantley took one in the thigh. Or was that game one? I think that was game one. Yuli got hit yesterday. Yuli did get hit yesterday, yeah. but it was, uh, I mean, obviously, you're not hitting people intentionally. And... I think Altuve gets a pass for, like, any error. <laughs> Just because Altuve has, like, been the team for about a decade. Well, now. I mean, it wasn't a great throw, but it's a throw that Yuli should have picked. And then, like, he doesn't reach. Because he still, if he reaches and keeps his foot on the bag and yeah. he grabs the ball, it's an out. But he doesn't, like, go and do that. He just kind of lazily goes for it. I think it's a mental thing. With yeah. Yuli, it's just the shame it, is is Lance was Lance was awesome, awesome yesterday. That's the dude. best game I've seen him pitch since twenty eighteen. Yeah, like it was beautiful. Like I, oh man, it, I uh, just watching the game. It was so disheartening. I was you know I was Twitter's a great uh, therapy session for me during Astros games when they're losing. I'm um, assuming so he's like, gosh, we got to get him some run support because he's been so amazing. But he's gonna get the loss in this game. Yeah, and he allowed you know one run was earned the one the Zunino bomb in the seventh inning or eighth inning that was Zunino, the one run that was yeah and he got to him twice right no homer twice in that game no he no Margot once yeah yeah it was Margot Margot hit a three run homer and then Zunino hit that solo shot in the eighth or seventh or well, whatever then it Zunino, was and you're like come on man but otherwise it just feels like the Rays fielders are hardly having to move balls are just coming right to them and it's just wild and then you're seeing like these monster fouls, you know, which just tells you, like, our batters are getting a little bit ahead of the, the fastball or something like that. But you're seeing, like, 450-foot foul balls down the left field well, line. Yesterday was like, weird because yeah. there were it was the shadows yesterday because it was a day game. The next two games are night games. Yeah. So that hopefully that helps out our hitters, and hopefully it doesn't help out their hitters. <laughs> but that's not how it works. But, I mean, you saw the shadows come into play. So you saw, like, in the middle innings yesterday – 
Like they went like the third inning through the seventh inning, there was one total hit because of the shadows. It, like, right. and that's you know, so McCullers looks great yesterday. How much of that was a shit? Because also, who was uh, Morton looked really good. Morton looked pretty good, man. Morton found the fountain of youth named Brett Strom. Brent Strom, Brett Strom, and then he, Brent, 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 and then he goes to Tampa Bay, who's also a really good analytical yeah. staff over there. So he's uh, Morton's made a good career for himself. It might be beneficial for the Astros too, where these players go elsewhere and they're they're still pretty good. Is that they could attract other arms who want to do yeah. or similar guys, like just similar. Like they've had a solid career, but not good. And then, but they have the talent, and mm-hmm. they come to Houston, and they get a little rejuvenated. I don't care. You can come for two years as long as you come in and you pitch badass. Yeah, I don't care. You can go elsewhere. Go get you three hundred millies. Just as long as like you pitch well here, and you know, yeah. go on and have success. No, it's. Um... I mean, Morton looked great. And it's hard to root. Like, I think, I was thinking about this yesterday. I think every Astros fan's favorite ex-Astro is Charlie Morton. Probably. CFM. Yeah, it's just so hard to, it's hard to dislike Charlie Morton. Like, you can't. And probably the least favorite ex-Astro, obviously, be Mike Fires. There's there's no probably. (laughs) I don't want to open this can right now, but. I didn't think, I didn't think we were going to do this today. The trade of all trades, the trades that brought down the Houston Astros organization, in a sense. Was that trade for Mike Fires, and that was that was the worst trade Lunau made. Period, bar none, right? Because we, well, we lost we Josh, got Hader, Josh Hader, in that and trade. you brought Carlos Psychobilly Car- Gomez, Gomez, who would be great at times but awful at others, and then Mike Fires, who four point helped that team get down the line. But that trade right there, there should be a movie about it. Like there should be a movie. Man, about imagine it. the Astros bullpen with Josh Hader the last few years. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, he's he, been the best reliever in baseball. They still win the World Series without Mike Fires. That's the point. I think they'd still get. Well, there. here's the thing: the team in 2017. I don't want to. This is the last thing we're going to say on this. I don't want to talk about Mike Fires, but he was so big during the regular season of 2017. There's a time that he was pitching well, like a good month. Well, no, but like down. he, but because he was the one guy that was healthy, right? Like so that that's what I'm going to say about Mike Fires. But we're not going to talk about Mike Fires anymore. How do you feel about this series going forward? You're down 2-0. But we feel like we've outplayed Tampa. This it's a weird spot. Baseball right. is cruel. Baseball is a cruel sport. Why am I a fan of this sport? Well, the thing is, uh, I was gonna look up real quick who's starting today because isn't it Glass now? Is he starting today for the Rays? Um, I feel like it's Glass now. I think it. I'll look it up while you talk because I know we have uh, Urquidy starting today. Yeah, it's Yarborough. Oh, um, Yarborough. Oh, that's gonna be interesting because he's a junk throwing lefty, and yeah. we don't do well against guys like that. Our guys like to sit on heat. Yeah, they we're really fastball do. hitters and. There's something to be said about that. Um, I feel like we've seen this team do incredible things before. Mm-hmm. Being an 0-2 hole is pretty difficult. I mean, you have to win, what, four out of four five? Four out of five. So they're capable. They're very capable. But there's no room for error anymore. There's just not. And pitching-wise, I think the concern becomes, okay, we get through Urquidy. Okay, why isn't Greinke starting today? Well, Greinke's going to start tomorrow, apparently. That's the word out there. I'm just worried that the guy's arm is, is jello right now. Because otherwise, he's your well, game, if it, game three starter. So if it's uh, if his, I would think you'd start him today if you're worried about his length because the bullpen basically had a day off yesterday. I mean, Andre Scrub was the only guy that pitched. Yeah. So I mean, Anoli in theory would should be able to go for multiple innings. Presley should be able to go for multiple innings. You um, can trust Urquidy for like four or five, I think. Even if even if they're brilliant four or five, I think after like five, I think two times through the order, right? And so you, you want to probably get them out of there, so you're gonna use that pin. Yeah, I mean you're, you're gonna, gonna get in there. Yeah, so you you probably. And take, when is I mean the three guys that trust in the bullpen in order: Paredes would be number one, Presley's God, our closer, so, so I I have to trust Presley, and then Blake Taylor would be the third guy. 
I, li- I mean, I like him more against lefties than righties, but he's shown the ability to get both guys out. Enoli's becoming a hero right now. Eno- yeah, no, Enoli's Canoli's is a cult uh, is a cult thing in Houston right now. It's very cool. Um, but how, so, how do you feel about the series though? Because you're down, we're down 0-2, but it's I don't like, think we come back. I just don't. I think that it's, I didn't think we'd win the series to begin with. No, <laughs> I didn't think we'd win either any of the series. Right. We're well, that's the thing, and so like I, I think it's okay though. Like we, we as Astros fans could take solace because you know they they probably didn't need to be there honestly they they mailed it in during the regular season and if they win the whole world series other fans will say it doesn't count it was a short season blah 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 it's tainted if they don't they're going to pounce anyway so either way you just got to take your lumps move on to 2021 i'm really excited about 2021 i think this young staff the pitching staff and these relievers are getting very seasoned there's a lot of goodness there. The only worry, of course, is how our outfield's going to look next year. Yeah, because we're losing Springer, Reddick, and Brantley. Um, so I'm not. I'm kind of. I'm trying to be in the moment right now. <laughs> I'm really. I really am. I. Th- I mean, obviously, today's a doer. I mean, by the time people listen to this podcast, the Astros season. I mean, it's if the Astros are down two one, obviously you still got a chance. They go and win today against Ryan Yarbrough. If uh, if they go down three zero, series is more than likely over unless they make a 0-4 Boston type of run. But uh, I'm not feeling great about this series as a whole right now. It, I, I just don't know how you can be having you know hit the ball so well, but just every time like man, remember Kyle Tucker that fly ball to center, a hanging curveball, he kills it, dies so at the warning track. It's like, gosh, like the ball just gets knocked down. Yeah. It, but it'll, it'll, I mean, that'll change though. Those will start falling. Well, I mean, will, I mean will it? I mean, in a regular season, <laughs> sure. I'm if with not, you. If not, then I want a congressional investigation into what's going on there because they're using like uh, fans. Something, something's <laughs> different. Different balls, you know? No, it's. Uh, I mean, but Tampa's a really good team. Like, I joke that I didn't believe in luck. I believe in chance, but they're kind of the same thing. One's yeah. based in science, I guess, and one's a theo- like a theoretic type thing, but. Yeah, it's just. That's, I mean, the reason why I say unlucky is just because you look at the exit velocity of some of these yeah, outs. Yeah, and like that like stat. Split. I was trying to find that stat where it showed all those all those different categories, and it showed where Bregman hit the ball, and these were all like very hard hit. I mean, they're getting all yeah. these balls put in play, and typically that's gonna work out for in your favor. That's how analytics works. It's yeah. like that's what it's based on. It's gonna work out in your favor. But right now, the Rays are countering. It's almost ironic, but the Rays so, are like. We're we're positioning everybody just right. That they're making Kevin Cash look like a genius, but that's just it is. It's luck. But it's, it's okay. Luck so Alex Bregman went 0 for five yesterday. Here's his exit velocities. You set this to which me. I hope he punches and, himself and, in the nuts and, over. But this this hurts. His exit velocities yesterday: 106.8, 99.5, 103, 103.1, and 98.4. What the heck, man? It's wild. Oh for five, yeah. and he didn't hit a ball under ninety-eight miles an hour <laughs> off the bat. Just right into someone's uh, just, rawlings just every right, single time. Just right, right at somebody. And Springer yesterday, like he is in that double play with the bases loaded. He smoked that thing like one hundred and three off the bat. I was trying to pull up our batters against Yarborough because I know they faced him. They faced him last season in the playoffs. Yar- yeah. uh, Yarborough. So we struggle with guys like Yarborough. He's yeah. a junk throwing lefty. I'm just trying to remember how it went last year against him though, because I don't. I think it was Glass now. Glass now we killed was, in game five. Yeah. But that's because he was tipping his pitches. Right. But earlier in the series, he had the game he one, well. he pitched very well yeah. against us. It was Snell that pitched well in game two. I don't remember who started game three. That Morton started game three. 
Maybe Yarbrough started game four. I guess it just doesn't really matter though. Like it, how I mean, they did you, last year because yeah, I mean you just gotta you just gotta get hits because the Rays are cheating this year, and so that's, that's uh, is that what, is that what we're going yeah. with? Any who one who beats the Astros, they're cheaters. All right. How about those Aaron Judge commercials where he's sitting alone eating a sandwich? You enjoy, I enjoy those. You're enjoying that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Last thing prediction for tonight's game. We're playing at night. I mean, I think we win. You think? All right. We, yeah. Just I'm an optimist. I might think the series might be over, but I still think we're gonna win. Some. I'll, I'll I'll take five three Astros tonight. I think they uh, I think we I think we put some runs on the board finally. And if we don't, we lose. We're down three zero. Well, we had a great season. <laughs> okay, moving but, on. But one last question uh, about that: Do we still love Dusty going into twenty twenty one? I don't think I ever loved Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> he gave Altuve a hug yesterday. He did give Altuve a hug. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. All right. Speaking of nice guys, Romeo Cornell leading the Texans hey, to their hey, first win hey. of the season. Beat the drum. Romeo Cornell, the <laughs> oldest coach in NFL history. I'm just trying to pull up stats from that game. Watson looked all right. He had a one dumb interception that he I had think a bad was interception. Um, receivers, they, they Cooks looked good. They, Cooks looked amazing, and he was sitting on my bench in fantasy. Awesome. <laughs> and then even DFS, I was like, man, I bet Cooks explosive. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, he probably won't. And then with Randall Cobb. Um, Oof. Yeah, Cooks looked like he had something to prove. I think the defense played harder. You know, they're playing the Jags, of course. Well, but remember, I think Brandon Cooks was harder. traded for a first-round pick twice. Like, that tells you what the people in the oh, league think talent. of him, which is, like, he's yeah. a really good player. His talent. I think it's getting them the right fit, the right scheme, whatever it is, motivation. I, I don't know. But but there were a couple of those uh, deep fades. Like, they started the game with one, yeah. and then they used it later, and it worked both times. And I thought... Great, like yeah, keep going. Yeah, no, it. I mean, Deshaun, this was easily the best he looked. But then now he Will Fuller, where was he? Uh, he, yeah, he had a Fuller four catches, fifty-eight yards, and a touchdown. That's you know, yeah. Number if he's your number two receiver, assuming Cooks is number one, I'm that's assuming, fine. Yeah, it's, it's like hard that, to say. Like that's fine. I mean, I thought this was the best the team looked oh, overall. Yeah. Running game still atrocious. Yeah, like what's they, funny they, is David Johnson ran for 5.6 a carry, but most of that was on, like, a long run in garbage time. Like, he had, yeah, like, garbage time. That one. He had garbage time runs. Like, you hear yeah. a garbage time passing yards. You don't really hear a garbage time rushing yards. That's kind of what David Johnson was getting. Uh, the running game with this team is not going to be good. I mean, Duke Johnson, I like him, but he's a receiving back. He's not a guy that's really going to run between the tackles. David Johnson just is not a good player. Um, they were trying to sell Duke Johnson in the game, too, if I remember right. They were trying to – they were putting him there so Maybe it was, it was – I think maybe it was pregame. I was listening to like the radio, and they were talking about how Duke Johnson had. Uh, he, he was just he had more explosiveness than David Johnson. Oh no, there's no question. But trying to get that guy, I mean, but you're not getting anyone through that hole. Like you're jamming up the middle. You're not opening up any holes with yeah. that line. Yeah. So I, the the question I have today is because um, I've heard multiple opinions on this. Is the Texans' job a good job, head coach and GM? I think so. As long as, though, you get some freedom to manage the roster. If you right. have an owner like Jerry Jones, who's, you know, and always I, looking It doesn't appear Cal is that way. To give yeah, him the, I feel like Brian. Will, he's letting Dr. Like, Jack Easterby make decisions for him now, apparently. Yeah. So so I think you're getting the most hands-off owner he can really Yeah, so it's, it's probably attractive. You have a great young quarterback, um, you know. A, a, you have your left, ta- left you have a left tackle off. You have some up. places and you have some pieces in place that are really advantageous. 
the problem right now, of course, you don't have any early picks for the next, what, two seasons? Uh, just this year. Uh, it was two years left. last year. So, yeah, this is the last year of the Dolphins. So, we do have a first-round pick next season? Next year. At, at the end of next season. So, okay. 2021 draft, first and second rounders are in Miami. Right, that's what I thought. Okay. But in 2022, we have a full. So it's a stadium. yeah. No, I think it's an attractive job. I mean, they're in salary cap hell right now, um, but those contracts. You can always get out from under yeah. bad contracts within a year, within a couple of Hire years. Hire some good accountants, man. I mean, it's all you gotta do, right? Yeah. <laughs> like people that actually understand all the ins and outs. There, of the there's salary ways cap to manipulate. Now, the the concern I have most of the time that's the case, but Bill O'Brien did these contracts himself without caring about the future, <laughs> obviously. So did he put like most how? of most like did he put those outs in those contracts? I want to know how that happens. Like I, I would love to have just seen a documentary on negotiating contracts where Bill O'Brien's sitting in a room and he gets some, you know, some guys from the accounting department come in. They're like, hey, uh, Mr. O'Brien, we looked at all this stuff and this is what we can do. And he's like, you suck too, get out. And then he just scribble scratches on his own sheet of paper and just comes up with his own thing. And then the agent just accepts it because they're laughing. They're like, thank you. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> and then that's it. Is that how it goes? What I don't understand is like, we're going to give the big con- contracts to Cunningham and McKinney. Well, what about DeAndre Hopkins? Best in the league at his position. McKinney's ah, out. screw him. <laughs> McKinney's out for the year, I think. Yeah, McKinney's done for the year this year. I just saw that the Dodgers scratched Kershaw for game two. Oh, wow. That's big. Wow. Because the Braves got to Walker Bueller in the bullpen last night. Really, the pen. I mean, the pen. Uh, Sorry to got, totally shift gears, but they I got to try. They got not try. Was it? Oh, it was Trinan. Yeah, they did. It, it, it was Trinan who they got to, and then the, the lefty. I don't the, think the Dodgers win that series, and they'll fire Dave Roberts. By November. <laughs> yeah, I think if the Dodgers don't win the title this year, Dave Roberts is gone. So going well, back I mean, Dave to Roberts, the, Dave Roberts doesn't have any power there, though, anyway. Yeah. But, sorry, yeah. sorry to totally. No, that's big news. Left, that's big is. news. Yeah, because by the time people hear this podcast, the Braves are probably up 3 0 in the series. And, 2 0. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Well, uh, yeah, well, it just depends. You know, yeah. we work how we work fast. Um, um, okay, but the Texans, I I go back and forth because for the reasons you said, do you think it's a good job where you have Deshaun, that's the hardest thing as a general manager slash head coach is find your quarterback. You have Deshaun. You actually have decent weapons despite not having DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to have you have capable weapons. You got guys where if you're a creative offensive coach, you can work with. Um, salary cap, I think, I think it's a good head coaching job. I don't know how good of a GM job it is. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm not sure as a general manager, because how much roster maneuverability do you have? Yeah. that's. But as a head coach, you do have more talent there than you would have going into most head coaching jobs. Do you think Bill O'Brien watched that game? I have no idea what Bill O'Brien's doing. I, I'm interested to see what happens with O'Brien. Does he actually, like, does he go through this, and does, is there self-reflection? Does he try to improve from this, or is it, they fired me, I... They didn't let me Supposedly do it. Supposedly he told Cal McNair on his way out, like, you haven't seen me fly yet or something like that. You haven't seen me fly some, yet. Some like, like my wings haven't even begun to spread. Like, like he had the parting comment of, you know, I'm better than this and, and rolled, supposedly. I mean, I mean, he was there for eight years. He had every opportunity to spread his wings. Fly down Kirby, sir. Bye. Yeah, no. Like, so I, whatever. So I think uh, we'll see. I'm, I think I I'm, think he's he'll be a coordinator in, next season. I think he's going to go to co- I think he's going to go to college. That's my big prediction because college coaches can be control freaks. They can be. So, they can be control freaks, a holes. That's why I don't think a lot of these guys they toss those college names around. Um, 
I'd be surprised if they make unless they're they're younger like but, like, like a, a Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I think like a Dabo Sweeney. I don't see him leaving. I wouldn't see. I can't see Dabo coaching in the NFL because Dabo's not a scheme guy. He's more like an alpha leader. Water in Clemson, man. Yeah, like, he, he doesn't need to leave there. He's king of the castle. He probably drives a golf cart around campus, yelling at kids, whatever you know, having pep talks. Just does whatever he wants. Yeah, Dab. I mean, Dabo does whatever he wants. I mean, it's different for a guy like Matt Rule who left Baylor to go to Carolina, but like that's leaving Baylor. Yeah, you know, like that's like that's a much different. Well, that's not a like, level job. He came into a like a Bill O'Brien. He came into a tough situation at Baylor. He did well and he capitalized. Um, oh man, Matt! Like Matt Rule, I wanted at the text because there's always like rumors. Are they gonna let go of O'Brien? I was like, man, Matt Rule would be the guy I wanted. It's funny because Matt Rule is actually pretty comparable to O'Brien. Like you know, yeah. several years ago, it's actually a very clean comparison. But I'm interested to see what Texans do with the G- GM and head coaching job coming up. Now the other team in Texas, much more somber news here. That, Ow. Yeah, that. Ow. Yeah, Dak Prescott's done for the year. That compound fracture in his ankle that was not a that was not pretty. I wasn't watching the game. Um, I don't know if I saw it on Twitter or where I saw it, but I just instantly thought that sucks. Yeah. That he was, you know, I mean, they hadn't worked out a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that's how the story always goes. Yeah. A guy's trying to get a better deal from the team, and they're like, ah, I don't know, whatever, you know. And he's like, no, please. And then, ah, goes and breaks a bone. And he's not, but he's not a big runner. I mean, he's a, like, it was a freak accident. Like, it wasn't a. How did it happen? Because I didn't see it. I've only so seen it, the they did, the it, w- it was actually like an option run play. Huh. And he, like, he just, but like, with, again. With Zeke? It, yeah, like it. It, it was just like a read option. I, th- I believe it was with Zeke. Um, but I mean, he had a clean hole to run through. He got you know eight nine yards, and the the hit wasn't like violent or like it was like a tackle. But his ankle just got caught under on the turf. Like un like when he went down to the ground, right. he got like caught in the turf and caught under the defender's body, and it just that's what happened. Like and it was just a freak accident. Like it, and Dak's never really been hurt in his career. Yeah. But it was just like a freak play. Like it wasn't. There wasn't anything dirty about it. There wasn't anything that anyone could have really done. Like he, it was just a freak. It was just a freak play. So it's sad. But the reality is, the Cowboys got to figure out what the heck they're going to do with Dak Prescott. That's be- going to be interesting. And I think it depends how their season goes. If if they end up middle of the draft, there's not going to be a quarterback out there for them to grab. I mean, what, let's say they go six and ten, end up with the twelfth pick in the draft. Who are they gonna? I mean, there there would be somebody, I guess. I mean, right? you got, there's three Q, there's three big time QBs in this draft. Do you do you trade? You probably have to trade up from twelve or where you know where where they would be picking if they went six and ten in that range. Do you go and get? Uh, do you trade up and go get a quarterback? Well, and they need to. The, there's other things to address. I know. I mean, they need problem. they need a defense. I mean, that's see. This is why Jerry Jones is a horrible GM slash owner. Is he should have locked Dak up. I mean, he should have. It should have. Done this. Well, they so he, I mean, he offered Dak a five-year deal for you know top five quarterback money. He obviously money. didn't read art of the deal. That's the problem. Like he should have locked him up because think about this now. So now all these other things they need. How is he going to accomplish that if they have to draft well, some rookie quarterback? And their Cowboys so are always in a win-now mode. It would it would be easier to fill the other needs with a rookie quarterback because the rookie quarterback's cheaper. Yeah. It would be easier to fix the other needs, and I would argue any of the top three quarterbacks in this draft are far more talented than Dak Prescott. <laughs> but, no, it's not. Dak is, like, you, so you know what Dak is. So let me add. Let, I've always liked him. So he he is Matt Ryan. 
Is he? He is. Here's how he is, Matt Ryan. His if he has good skill position players around him, his numbers are going to be really good. But the team is always just kind of meh. So he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's, obviously. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Mahomes, Russell Wilson. He's not any of those guys. Here, Cowboys fans say like, "Oh, he's he's as good as Russell Wilson." No, he's not. He's not even close. It's not remotely close between those two. But he's Matt Ryan. He's going to put up a lot of numbers, but he doesn't. Those numbers don't necessarily translate into wins. So because they're always trying to come back. Yeah, they're always trying. They're they're playing from behind all the time. So if you are. If you would pay Matt Ryan, if it's like if you if you think Matt Ryan's worth big time money now, maybe not necessarily now because I think Matt Ryan his arm is just kind of done. But if you think Matt Ryan's worth big time money, then fine, go ahead and pay Dak. But if you're if you say oh, I don't think I'd pay Matt Ryan, then you I don't think you want to pay Dak Prescott because I think they're I think I watched Dak this year, the last two years. And I'm like that's what he is. He's gonna put up numbers, but the numbers don't translate to wins. Yeah, that's what that is. What Dak he's more athletic, but that's who he is. He's Matt Ryan. This old buddy of mine that was in a sports group I was in on Facebook suddenly started dropping stuff about air yards with Dak, and we'd make fun of him. He's like, Dak leads the league in air yards, and we're like, what the hell are air yards? And he literally said it's from the point of release to the point of completion, and that's your air yard. Yeah, we just make fun of him, you know, because we're like exactly that. These things are coming at at you know when you're behind. I mean, a thing I think that translates with the quarterback is a win-loss record and then their production. You know, just because a guy throws for, like, 30 touchdowns. Well, remember, Blake Bortles had a year where he threw for, like, 4,800 yards. Where's that guy at now? He's a backup for the Broncos. Yeah. Um, but, I like, but no, but <laughs> who don't, who doesn't? they don't have a quarterback either. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's a, I think that's what Dak is. He is Matt Ryan. And there's not, like, Matt Ryan's a good, and like, he's a good NFL quarterback, but I would have major hesitation with paying Matt Ryan $38 million a year. Yeah. Especially coming off a compound fracture in his ankle. Yeah. Like, so I'm very curious to see what Dallas does here. And then also, what if the Cowboys, what if they just tank from here on out and go 3-13 and and put the top five pick, take one of these quarterbacks? Oh, Cowboys Nation will burn down Jerry World. What is, uh, not necessarily. But I would welcome it. They, is there a free agent market? Like, what team would pay Dak Prescott big money? I mean, there might be a couple out there. Name the Jags. Would they? Because they're originally looking for a quarterback. I mean, but but I'm saying they're gonna have a Carolina. top. They're gonna have a top five. Carolina just paid Teddy Bridgewater last offseason. They can't pay Dak is now. Is Teddy Bridgewater the same as Dak Prescott? But no, Pretty but close. They, but they can't get out of Teddy Bridgewater's contract. So while I think Dak is better than Teddy Bridgewater. They couldn't afford to pay Dak. The Giants. They Daniel Jones ain't are, it. Are man. they going to give up on Daniel Jones Daniel that quickly? Jones ain't it. I'm with you, but are they going to give up on Daniel Jones Ooh, that quickly? What about the Washington football team? Maybe. What, but, I read but this all, morning they're exploring trading Haskins, and I was like, to who? Ha, I mean, Haskins isn't any good. Yeah, like, who, um, who are they going to trade him? But also, okay, even with Washington, even with Washington, oh, Alex Smith that. is late. Alex Smith is making a lot of money. He sure is. He's making a lot of money. Washington. I'll He's be... not back yet, right? No, he, he played last week. He did play. Yeah. The... Oh, that's that picture where Aaron Donald was like riding his back. Yeah. And they were like, "Dude, <laughs> this guy's come back with a broken leg." And he, his first game back is Aaron Donald. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just interested. Like, if the Cowboys don't re-sign Dak, what is free agent market for him? Because Washington, I think, would actually be a decent fit. But yeah. they're paying Alex Smith all this money. The Jacksonville is going to have a top five pick. They're going to draft a quarterback. Um, 
the Giants, they didn't give up on Daniel Jones that quickly. Re- reunited with Jason Garrett, Dak Prescott. He's going to go back to Jason Garrett. That would be super. I mean, I would I would think the Bears, but the Bears are paying Nick Foles a bunch of money. Like, the, like I look through, I go kind of throughout the league and everyone's... You see even, a lot of bad management in the NFL. Well, yeah. I mean, he, really? It's... It's so How, why were the Patriots so good for so long? <laughs> <laughs> True, and I mean, and, and like like that, we're like Mitchell Trubisky, you know. It's like oh, the, the Bears were in love with the guy, and he's just been regressed every true, year. True. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do with Dak. I it depends on how the season plays out. Because do you think that sometimes offensive coordinators just get too cute? And so for some quarterbacks, you know, and they and then when coaches are replaced, they're learning new systems. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if that's part of the big struggle, especially for young guys. You put them on a shitty team, and then they, they have a turnover and a coordinator, turnover and a head coach, and they're like, it's all new systems. It's all new stuff. Well, you know and who that's happening to is Sam Darnold in the Jets. Yeah, poor he, guy. He was a guy I loved coming out of college. Yeah. And I, st- I watch him, and I still think, like, man, he's really talented. But yeah. he's playing for the Jets, who have no offensive line. His best receiver is Jamison Crowder, who's Thank a nice they signed Le- third receiver. Yeah, and they've paid all this money to Le'Veon Bell, who's now not any good. It's like the, it, just poor guy. Like, but you just you have see no repetitive chance. mistakes in the NFL. Like, like, like running backs, for example. You know, why ever pay a running back a big salary? Like, they usually R- do it with, with later, the, yeah. late twenties. They're with already the, on the down, down tail end of their career. With, with the NFL contracts the way it is, it it screw. It's great for every position, but it screws running backs. Yeah, because running backs are at their best the first seven years of their career. Yeah. Like Arian Foster. Yeah, you're you're great he early and then you you just fall off a cliff. Running after, backs are like they're getting paid for like what they 28. did, not what they're yeah. going to do. But you're on a rookie wage scale versus like Zeke Elliott when he came out of college, he would have been worth a seven year, ninety million dollar contract, like as a rookie. Because yeah. those first seven years of his career, he's gonna be a top five back. But when you pay him in year five and you're getting him years five through twelve on a seven year deal, he's not gonna be worth that money. But early in his career, Le'Veon Bell would have been worth a massive contract early in his career when he was awesome. Same with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, who are the guys getting paid now. They're worth that money the first five years of their career. Are they worth it years? Five through ten, five through twelve. I don't think they are, and it screws running backs. I don't understand why anyone would pay a running back. You see what the 49ers do. Raheem Mostert was on their practice squad. He was a track guy at Purdue that Kyle Shanahan has now running for six yards a carry in his offense. Yeah, you can find running backs late in the draft. Yeah. So why would you trade your number one receiver for one? So yeah, I think it's uh yeah. So I I'm Titans play tonight. Titans and Tuesday night football. Yeah. No, no Thursday night football this week, though. Suddenly they're healthy. No Thursday night football this week, though. So we're sacrificing Thursday to get Tuesday. Well, it's fine. Thursday I, night football, I'm not really into anyway. Well, I, I mean, you get, like this week's Thursday night game would have been Chiefs and Bills. That would have been yeah. a great game to watch. Especially but, after the Chiefs come off that loss. I know. Like, I would Las been, Vegas? I know. They just. Derek Carr hasn't thrown an interception this year, man. No, he did. He threw one against the Chiefs, actually. Oh, I thought he was still zero. No, he threw. He was going into the game. He threw one against the Chiefs. But we're going to hit our break now. We're going to talk some college football out of the break. Talk some college football. Talk a little bit of LeBron. And then Cal Allen, Corpus Christi Miller this weekend at Buck Stadium. We'll have all of this right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. Go Aggies. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. RightOnCorpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. 
They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bank. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. And we're back here on the Right we're On Sports back. Podcast. We're back we're with back, college baby. football. Bigger than ever. College football. College football. Back. So, remember after the Sugar Bowl in uh, 2018, the win against Georgia and Sam Ellinger said Texas is so back. So exciting. We were like, yeah, hook them. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm Super a, duper. I'm a Longhorn fan because I watched Vince Young as a kid, and now it's just been like an abusive relationship ever since. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Texas is 10-7 and seven since Ellinger said Texas is back in that Sugar Bowl. Is it time for Tom Herman to go? I think it's time for Matthew McConaughey to take his ass down there to practice again and put these kids in check. Oh, you think so? McConaughey's yeah, the answer? He's getting talking to. He's he, What do they call him? The... Uh, Ah, oh, there's something of cool. I don't know. He's I like the dictator of cool or something like I that. I don't know. But I think, I don't know. Okay, how often do you want to have turnover for coaches? You this know, is at this year school? four. Okay, but so he's got his his guys mostly. Entirely. It's year four. So let's, I don't know. Let's give him another year. It's four recruiting. I'd say you give him another year. Th- this What's it going to hurt? This is... Because You're not bringing in a new coach who's going to win a title next season. There's just no way. I think Urban Meyer could do something. Urban Meyer will get this that 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 school on uh, infractions. <laughs> like, hey, Ohio, he might come in to win a title, and then like a year or two later, they're all going to get the death penalty. And Ohio State didn't get the death Thanks penalty. Urban, they got in trouble though, right? They got they in, trouble, in trouble, but they didn't get in any. Nothing that's not, too certain. I mean, heck, they were a okay, they so were two plays away from being a national much do championship you want to sell game last year. your soul to bring in the devil as a head coach who might bring you a title. But man, I think Urban Meyer's won everywhere he's been. He has, and he only goes and to he, big and, schools. And he hires so when he was at Utah, he he went he he went undefeated at the University of Utah when they weren't even a Pac-12 school. They were a Mountain West school still. He goes to Florida, wins two titles. Goes to Ohio State, wins a title. Tom Herman coached under him, right? Yeah. That's weird, man. Charlie Strong coached under him too. Yeah, that's weird. So <laughs> now you have the Urban Meyer tree. Let's hire, let's hire the big daddy. Are any of these rumors substantiated, or are they just pipe dreams? Here's like the, Twitter pipe dreams. Okay, here's the thing. The Longhorn boosters have deep, deep pockets. Absolutely. We can, we can hand Urban Meyer a blank check. Sure they can. That's yeah. They can hand him a blank check. So it's like, oh, is it – as long as it's not Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney, pretty much every name is realistic for the University of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And Urban Meyer, he doesn't have a head coaching job right now. He's working at Fox. <laughs> I was surprised you, to see you, that. I didn't you know You think he doesn't like... want to coach? Oh, I'm sure he does. And Texas is really attractive. And I mean, it, also, it has some of the best facilities. And it's Tom Herman's campus. recruited very well, so he's coming into a talent-laden roster. I think that's the only thing you could do is you got to go up, and you don't get an experimental fun coach who's on his way up. You get a guy who's already been there, like A&M did, because A&M, the Jimbo hire was a good hire. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, they, 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 they played with other names before, and it was like it didn't pan out. I think that's what Texas has done. And like we were in the pre-production uh, staff meeting earlier. Yeah. We, Talk about like Charlie Strong. Why did they hire Charlie Strong? Yeah, it's uh, I mean Strong was a. Uh, I think it was because they thought they were gonna hire Nick Saban, but Nick Saban just used them to get more money from Alabama, which makes them less likable of as a as a human. Already. I actually like Nick Saban, but moving yeah. on. <laughs> I like but I like all. unlikable people. That's what we're learning as we do this. I tend to like it's unlikable people. It says something about me. I but, don't know if Urban. I, I don't. But know. so you think Herman should get another year? I do. I just do. I, I don't like. 
that quick of a turnover. Like you're changing culture. So Charlie Strong came in, and how many players did he kick off the team? I mean, right away he was true. like, he broke my rules. Bye. And those were like some of those guys. Some of them were talented. They were some yeah, were. some good players. But now you got Herman, and if these are his guys, and some of them aren't performing, and like you mentioned, are they teaching the fundamentals? Are they really coaching these guys up? They look or are they expected to just come in and perform like the Houston Texans? Man, they just until you get a change of the regime. So maybe it's some of that. But I I watch Texas and it's. It's not even a talent thing. It's so arrogance. many penalties. It's, I feel like there's it's so much arrogance. T- there is a lot of arrogance. And I don't know why. That's but, the thing. And here's the thing. Yes, the brand, the logo, University of Texas one has title. accomplished great things. Like throughout the history of college football. They're one of the winningest, yeah. they're one of the winningest programs in college football history. But this group of players has accomplished nothing. Right. Why is there a sense of arrogance? Like, they haven't won a Big 12 title since 2009. And they need to be told, wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, it, they Colt need McCoy. to be reminded of that. Like, you guys have not accomplished anything at this level. If you want to, great. If you don't, go away. And the other reason I like Urban Meyer is because he doesn't, it, it's not, there's no rebuild with Urban Meyer. It's not he comes in and, oh, it's going to take me a couple years. He drives your Lamborghini. He, year two Florida national championship. Yeah. At Ohio State, his first year at Ohio State, and this is when they had all the sanctions, and Ohio State got in trouble before he got there. He went undefeated at Ohio State. Year three at Ohio State, national championship, with a third-string quarterback. So basically somebody else gets the Ferrari in the garage, but they don't know how to drive it, but Urban does. Ur- so he gets to take advantage of all the uh, blood, sweat, and tears that the other guys put in, I, and so he just I, walks in, and he, but and he makes it happen. But Tom Herman, he's... Tom Herman's a good recruiter. He's brought in good recruiting classes. He's brought in really good players. But when I watched the Texas Longhorns play, and I was talking with someone after the game on Saturday, what, how many NFL players do you see on the field for Texas? Like I watched the it's been game. Been a while. Like I, I don't like I watch Georgia and I watch Alabama, and it's like right. oh they have a bunch of NFL guys. Or I watch you know Ohio State, who we'll watch later this year. I haven't seen them yet this year, but last year you watch Ohio State, bunch of NFL guys. I watch Texas. They're recruiting at or near the level of these schools. Why am I not seeing the NFL players for Texas? It says a player development sucks. That's on the coaching staff. When Urban Meyer was at Florida and Ohio State, his teams were loaded with NFL players. Well, and I think that started at the tail end of Max' tenure. You know, it was like like for a while it was like DBU and yeah. Well, they had like Earl Thomas and and Aaron Ross. Yeah, Yeah. these guys were going in, and so maybe he was Mac was a master recruiter, and yeah, and that's why he's having success in North Carolina right now, of all places, and. Yeah, and so you might you probably have a good point there. Um, I just think for all the hype and all the love and all the fanfare for Tom Herman, I just think that you give him another year. His contract was just five years, I assume. But I think like at, there's but USC's are probably gonna go after Urban Meyer too, if you wait another year. USC probably goes after Urban Meyer as well. Do you want to battle with USC or do you want to be the first person at the table to hire the best or second best coach in college football? <laughs> it's true. I, I think that's what it just comes down to. If you can land a splash guy like that, then you get rid of her. I mean, there's really no other candidate. And you know they're talking about it already. Like, yeah. you know, Regents or whomever, they're going to reach out to the guy. There's no, I mean, they don't have to play by. I don't imagine who the other rules. candidates are besides Urban Meyer for the job. I mean, otherwise, if you get past Urban Meyer, you're looking at PJ Fleck at Minnesota, who's doing well at Minnesota. But again, do you want to, is he going to come? Like, Charlie Strong did really good at Louisville, Tom Herman did really well at Houston. You know, is where's James Franklin? James Franklin's at Penn State, but even James Franklin, he's not the he's a well, he's that's what I was say. ultra one recruiter. of those because Penn State's like Texas, you know, to Penn State to Pennsylvania is like Texas is to Texas, yeah. um, you know, Florida to Florida, yeah. I mean, even that's arguable with Miami and Florida State, but 
but they're similar concept schools. But but James Franklin is not like I I'm not convinced James Franklin comes in and does an amazing job because he's he's a great recruiter, but he's not the greatest coach. Because yeah. even Penn State, like they've they've been good, but they haven't been over the top. I want a coach right. who has won national yeah, championship. I want like Texas. The standard is championships. Instead of trying to be on your way up, have a guy that's already there. Yeah, and I and I understand that. I do. I just I just feel like with Tom Herman, may, the the hype hasn't matched the results. Um, you know, and and you don't want to see him just have this big turnover in assistant coaching because then that's changing philosophies and things like that. But right? I look at these. But who, what Texas assistant coach is up is in conversations for a head coaching job going forward? I feel like every, I watch Alabama and Georgia, and it's like, oh, their defensive coordinator is going to be the head coach at Tennessee next year, or their office coordinator is going to wherever. Like they're always they always have really good assistant coaches. Where at Texas, I never hear, oh, their offensive coordinator is on his way to uh, Pittsburgh to be the off, to be the head coach next year. Like I never Not see since that. Back with, left. Yeah. yeah. So that's Urban Meyer has a track record of bringing in of one just winning championship winning titles. Two, having NFL players. You only have to sell your soul. Three, I'm fine with it. I'm <laughs> selling my soul for a championship. Save yourself. Okay, so Jimbo. Jimbo saving the Aggie program. Are the Aggies competitive in the SEC now? Um, I mean, they're not on Alabama's level. I don't think no, anyone. Nobody's. But, I mean, so here's the thing. Until Saban leaves Alabama, I don't think a and is going to be able to really – yeah, I'm just it. saying competitive, though. But, I mean, Jimbo, when they hired Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo. When, what was it, 2018? It was 2018 when they hired Jimbo. I was like, he is going to win a national championship at Texas A&M. That was, I, I thought, that was my I immediate laughed, reaction. I laughed, it was like a laugh of, you know, fear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, now A&M's going to, you know, they're going to finally be able to one-up Texas. Cause mm-hmm. I, and I think that, but yeah, like we said, yeah, going through Alabama, they would have to not go through Alabama. They'd have to take an Alabama down year to where they're not in the SEC title game, probably. Yeah. For a and too. But, I mean, with, with Sa- Alabama's a factory, though. They lose a first-round pick. They replace them with another first-round pick. I mean, that's just the way Alabama is under Saban. At yeah, Alabama, Saban. they don't recruit players. They choose players. Like, when coming out of high school, like, Saban doesn't have to recruit guys. He chooses which players are going to play for him. I mean, that's just the way it works there. Guys I, are begging. Uh, yeah, they want to go. Like, at Alabama... They get, you know, nine guys, ten guys drafted a year. That's 36, 40 guys. You have 70 on your roster in a given year, meaning you basically have a one in two chance of if you go to Alabama of being an NFL draft pick. Because 36 out of 70 guys are going to the NFL at Alabama at any given time. So if you end up at the University of Alabama, you're probably going to the NFL, especially if you're a high recruit. Play under Nick Saban. So it's just, you're going to go play for Saban. But Jimbo has A&M headed in the right direction. I was impressed against Florida with how they ran the ball. A&M's physicality offensively of the running back, Isaiah Spiller, he ran for 175 yards. I mean, they ran, they ran, they went right at the bully. They did not shy away from Florida. They didn't win this game because, you know, uh, trickeration offensively. They weren't, you know, they didn't get super cute. It wasn't, you know, double passes. They went right at Florida and won. Well, now they have a nice little test, too, with Mississippi State and Mike Leach. Mike Leach is there, right? Yeah. Um, Le- yeah. His, his whatever. They just benched their quarterback. Do. Mississippi State? They just benched their quarterback. But anybody can go in and start throwing yeah, 500 Le- yards for yeah. Mike Leach. I mean, look how many guys came out of Texas Tech that you were like, man, that guy's really good. He's going to be great in the NFL. And then, yeah, no. Uh, 
but that'll, that'll be a nice test for them. I mean, the one thing I think I'd be concerned with A&M is, is Florida's offense that good or is A&M's defense no, that bad? Florida's offense. I mean, Florida was putting up – they were number four team in the country. They yeah. were they had killed their first two opponents, and no one could stop their offense. A&M actually got a couple of stops in the second half. They got a turnover late in the game. And they're, and Kellen Mond, uh, for the first time since his sophomore year, you know, he measured up to the challenge. He really Please tell played me Isaiah well. Spiller is like C.J. Spiller's son. Oh, I have no idea. I love seeing father, son, and yeah. like brothers. And you start seeing these guys rise up, yeah. and you're just like, that's so cool, well, man. Well, Frank Gore Jr. plays at Southern Miss right now. And Frank Gore's still in the NFL, right? Yeah. Oh, please, please stick but, around. Yeah. Like, like, you want that to happen, man. I don't know if that's ever happened in the NFL where a father and son have been on the same team. I don't think so. I mean, that's a long career, man. Plus, yeah. it's like having babies early. But uh, plus, Spiller, plus, the kid has to be good, too. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's just cool to see. It's very rare, very rare. But, I, man, I think uh, – I think – A&M is headed in the right direction. Maybe, but here's the thing with A&M. They've already played their two toughest games. They played Alabama and they played Florida. Now it lightens up. What if they go 9-1, and one, get to a New Year's Six Bowl, win the New Year's Six Bowl game? How highly regarded is A&M going to be? And that's a real possibility. They, I mean, they played their two toughest games. They are playing Mississippi State, but Mississippi State can't defend anybody. They can score, but they can't defend anyone. They're going to play Ole Miss with Kiffin, who if you watch the Alabama-Ole Miss game this weekend, man, Ole Miss can put up points. They can't defend anybody, but, man, they can score. Tennessee will probably be their toughest game remaining. But outside of that, it's not uh, not going to be a lot. Uh, I don't know what Jason's lo- Jason's looking at something right now. that. Oh, our- uh, well, the, uh, the PA. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Russell just handed over. Uh, Fred Spiller is Isaiah Spiller's daddy. Not uh, not C.J. Spiller. He was, but he was a former uh, Texas A&M tight end. Okay, so he's following in daddy's footsteps. But also Spiller was also he was the uh, District 15 6A offensive MVP as a senior. I mean he's he's a blue chip. No, he I mean he, he was a four star recruit out of high school I believe. Okay. So yeah. He, yeah, he I mean Jimbo is recruiting well at A&M. Like they've had top they've had top recruiting classes his first couple years there. Um, so Jimbo's going to get NFL guys coming in there year year in and year out. Um, yeah. And I think A&M's headed in the right direction. I'm excited because I want – it's weird because I'm a, I'm a Longhorn fan, but my family is Aggies, so I, I root for I both. I have a lot of Aggies in my family. Yeah, so I root – I actually do root for A&M to, be, to do well. they people. Uh, I can't say anything. <laughs> no. no, yeah, I, I do too. I, I root for A&M to do well. It's, it's Texas boys, man, and, and it's just good for the state of Texas. I think A&M doing well helps Texas recruiting as well. I mean, I just don't think see how it would because you get more guys that probably want to stay home a little more than having the Adrian Peterson go what, out of state. What really irks or the Drew Brees go out of state. What irks me right now that it, irks me still. <laughs> what irks me right now is Alabama's best receiver is Jalen Waddle. He's probably their best player. He's from Houston, Texas. Why is he not at UT or A and M? That's and, I mean, I get it. Me. If I was caliber, if I was a player caliber of his, I'd go to New right. Saban. Yeah. But it's like UT A and M. That's the kind of player you need to they keep. S- and that's been a while now. Like yeah. That. And, I mean, it's just those once those coaches figured out they needed to start pilfering the state of Texas, the state of California, um, and, and get these guys to go to SEC schools, go out on the East Coast, I mean, that changed the game. Um, or even going to Big Ten, too, which I can't think of a lot of guys who have gone to the Big Ten that have been from the great state. But I'm sure there's been some. Yeah. But I think Jimbo's headed in the right direction at Texas A&M. I would love Urban Meyer to Texas, potentially. Um, hand them a blank check, sell your soul, let's do it. So here's something that only a handful of people in the entire country care about. LeBron James finally, uh, out of four out of ten times, got his fourth ring. Four out of ten times. 
Is he four and six or four and five in the finals? I think this was his tenth one. This is tenth one. Okay, so he's four and six. Yeah, and people. Say but I mean, most of the MJ. I mean, get out of here. Get out of here. But I mean, oh seven. The only finals loss that I hold like against him, and for me, that's why he'll never be MJ to me. The Mavericks. The Mavericks one. Yeah. Because he was the reason they lost. Dwayne Wade played great. Chris Bosh played really well. The role players did their job. It was LeBron that failed. And, and somebody, it was obvious. Was it, was it your boy Colin Coward that said that like the uh, MJ played in the softest era of the NBA? Maybe no, no, it was so, someone I read it somewhere. Someone said like this is a soft era of basketball, and Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, responded with something different. Um, but like Colin Coward, did, uh, I mean, softest era. This era or that era. This era. This era is the softest. I think it is. It's also the most skilled, though. You can't pee pee without a foul about, being called on. That you. is I mean, true. Like, like you can hardly move. So the the quote that made me mad, and I actually shared this on Facebook, was I th- it was Cowherd that said like, "Oh, MJ needed Pippen and Phil Jackson. LeBron just needs a basketball," and that's totally false <laughs> because LeBron needed Dwayne Wade and was. Chris Bosh. He need he needed Kyrie and Kevin Love. He needed uh, now he needs Anthony Davis, and that's not to knock LeBron. Nobody every, does it on their own. Nobody does it on their own. Like every any sport. every star player in every. Sp- Team sport, they need other elite players around them. And that's okay. That's the way the world works. But this narrative that LeBron needs less help, one, is false. And also the second narrative that I hate is, oh, he won with different teams. That's so much more impressive. I would think it's more impressive to build it yourself. And then also the the last narrative I hate with as far as regarding the LeBron and Jordan is, oh, Jordan never beat a super team in the finals the way LeBron beat the Warriors in 16. You know why Jordan never beat a super team in the finals? Because the Bulls were the super team. Because they had Michael Jordan. Well, and they had to come out of the East, though, too. And the the other tough teams at that time were in the East. The East East was the tough. So now, in this generation, the West is the vastly superior conference. But back in the 90s, and the West was pretty strong in the 90s as well because you had the Rockets, you had the Sonics, Utah, the Spurs were still good. Um, the finals Phoenix. were always pretty good, except for that one Jazz series against the Bulls. Whenever they swept them, no, that they went six games both times. Oh, that was four. No, I thought they swept them. No, they went six both times. But I mean, in the East, you had Patrick Ewing in the Knicks. You had Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway in the Heat. Like there were Reggie Miller in the Pacers Gabe, with Mark Jackson. Just I, I gotta throw this out there. Gabe is like the sports encyclopedia, the walking <laughs> sports encyclopedia. Isn't that fascinating? We should do. We should do like a pepper you with questions one day. We can do that next week. The strangest thing that he knew was the fact that you said, I sent you a random fact about Fred Spiller, and he's like, yeah, he was a four-star recruit. I don't even know who the guy is. I no, I was talking about Isaiah Spiller was a four-star recruit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, yeah, so that's, still, Ru- that's Russell's voice you just heard. But, but no. still, that's so random, though, that you that you even know who that guy is, that the running back at a and I follow college football recruiting. You follow everything, though. <laughs> like, I imagine when Gabe gets up in the morning, he gets on his iPad and he starts reading sports news. But it's not just sports news. Then he goes in depth, and he's like, and he knows all these random websites, you know, and he's following them down. Two four two four seven sports is a great website for college football recruiting. Twenty four seven sports. And then they by the time you go to bed, you know, like, like you're reading still. I, I mean, it's impressive, honestly. This is a compliment that you always know these kind of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, but no, but back. Uh, <laughs> I just had to point that out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but Who are we talking about? The 90s. LeBron. Le- LeBron Jordan. Uh, but back in the 90s, the East was a tougher conference. 
It was it was tough. It was it, like there it, were elbows in your face. Well, no, but I'm and just they weren't like the I'm saying that the competition. Yeah. Like whereas today the East is not. Yeah, sure. You no, know, it's not well, very it's just, good compared but I, to the West. I just think it is softer overall. And if a player plays hard, he gets called a dirty player. A, a guy like Jimmy Butler out, really you know? stands out. Like a guy who's like more physical, like Jimmy yeah. Butler. Like he really stands out in today's game. I think Jimmy Butler would be really good in any era. But like I think in the '90s, he's like it's that's how guys played, like more similar to how Jimmy Butler plays. Like they now. went to the lane expecting to get yeah. in the face essentially, and now guys go in the lane. I mean, and like Harden, I love Harden, but Harden every time he goes in the lane, he's going to complain that he didn't get a foul if he didn't get a foul. I mean, and that's every superstar now. Like, and I think you're kind of dumb if you don't do it now because the refs are rewarding you for manipulating them. Yeah. So like. While I hate the flopping, like you're dumb if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, so I'm but not. I also, but I also feel like that's one thing, though, that average fans get turned off watching the NBA. Yeah. Is you just go, man, there's so many play stoppages. The okay. last two minutes in the NBA is like the longest. Okay, two so minutes speaking of history. fans turn, uh, getting turned off, the, the NBA ratings, and like this year it was bad, but I think for multiple reasons. I think a lot of it had to do with everything being on at once. So every sport yeah. besides the NFL is really suffering. Um, but just overall, the last decade, the ratings have been, you know, going down quite a bit. Like For the NBA? Yeah. And in Jordan's era, it was never more popular than what it was in Jordan's era. And I think this is going to be part of LeBron's legacy when he retires is the NBA got less popular when he was the superstar. I think... When he was the guy in the league, it got less popular nationally. And I think that's part of it. I, but I also don't know why. Like, LeBron's, it's not that he's unlikable. I think On he's a likable On the surface, guy. he should be extremely likable. Yeah, and he's a really good player. I just feel like there's just something missing with his element, with his personality, whatever it is that people, in the NBA, everyone, you see body language, you see expressions, you see all of that. And Michael Jordan just had that killer instinct look on his face. I think Kobe had that killer instinct on his face. Um, one of the things about Harden, people call him soft because you, you can't even see his face. So you just don't know what's going on there, and that's just a difference of some of these guys. Well, I, I mean, think, Harden's man. just like apathetic, though. Like he, yeah. he's just. But with LeBron, he doesn't like, show a lot of emotion very often. When he does, though, people go, "Oh, look at him, he's whining." LeBron should be likable, though. Always complaining. But like, okay, he should. After be, they like, won, the he's surface. dancing with. Uh, didn't Anthony Davis win? Finals MVP? No, LeBron won Finals MVP. Where was that picture? Like they showed him dancing with two trophies, and someone said, "Why is he dancing with Anthony Davis's trophy?" Oh, I saw that. I oh, like, I think that's yeah. But, but uh, it's just little stuff like that. And people just roll their eyes or like, oh, whatever. Well, here's know. where I rolled my eyes, like in this champ, like, and I think maybe it's, it's being ticky tack. So, it, and I think it is. Um, but where I rolled my eyes, where I rolled my eyes one time, like during the celebration, was. Uh, LeBron's up there, and I I saw the clip. I just saw a clip. I didn't listen to like the post game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on, but I had a different game with the sound on. I think I had the Astros game with the sound on. Um, but I'm watching. You know, I'm seeing LeBron. He's celebrating, and it's great. Um, and he's up there, like, yeah. And the Lakers want their respect, and his players want their respect, and I want my damn respect too. And it's like, I'm sorry, everybody with, or just about everybody. That's like a talking head in a sport of basketball or played the sport of basketball, views you as either the best or second best player that's ever played this sport. The only people that think otherwise are mostly just internet trolls. Like, do, do you care about the trolls that much? Like, everyone views you as a top two player of all time, pretty much, or most people do. 
That might be a big difference too, though, is that guys are reading the comments. Yeah, and, and they say don't read. The but comments. like, do you do you care that much about what an internet troll thinks about you that you have to get on there during I, your finals? I mean, he came up. Games? He came up in an era where that's like the all these websites started. I yeah. mean, what was his first year? I don't know. Oh three. Oh three. So. Yeah, people had message boards then, and you know, I mean, it was just it was things were starting to build. But what I'm saying is that he came up in a different era of like where the social interaction is more direct. Right. You can hear directly from the fans, and he was heavily lauded coming out of school. I mean, they were paying attention to the guy when he was what, like an eighth grader, ninth yeah. grader, and he was named King James before he even ever got on the court, like in professionally. Right. So, I think he got that, the chosen one tattooed on his back. Yeah, like, and it's not really fair to him. Honestly, and, and I mean, he's lived up to the expectation. He really has. He's yeah. been a great player since day one. There's a lot of guys that have come in who had huge expectations that and, have just melted away. Yeah, and never he, even he's lived up anymore. to every expectation you could really have of him. So maybe it's just someone needs to say, look, maybe it's the old guys. Maybe those legacy basketball players need to wrap their arms around him instead of I think Michael lo- Jordan laughing. I think a lot <laughs> like, of, well, I mean, Jordan doesn't wrap his arms around anybody. Yeah. I mean, but I think most people have wrapped their arms around LeBron. But when I just saw that, like, in the post game, I'm just like, he says, I want my damn respect, too. Who's not respecting you besides, like, internet trolls? Like, who is not respecting you? And maybe there's something that we're not seeing that goes on in the, the back circles of the NBA or something like that. I don't know. But I just, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, so it's, like, that makes me, that, that makes hard. me, like, not like him. Like, that kind of thing makes me not like him. Because, like, who on earth is not respecting you? Like, you you won your fourth championship. You did it. Like, a lot of people didn't think you were going to win this year. Y'all, y'all I mean, I, in Vegas, I guess they were the favorite. But a lot of people did not have them as the favorite. said, Anthony Davis, you just won the NBA title. Where are you going to? And he was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's, been, he's just like, I'm going to Disney World. But he's at Disney World. He doesn't want to be there anymore. I know. And so I learned. Oh, did you see? Maybe we talked about this last week about uh, Westbrook left an $8,000 tip. Or he, he left, left a big tip. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so I like that. And so all those guys are about to clear out of there, apparently. And, uh, you know, I won't mention where I'm going next week, but that'll be fun. Yeah. Hopefully they have some leftover merchandise. Hopefully. And I'll bring you back some gifts. Oh, please do. We'll see. But, yeah, so so, so last thing on LeBron, do you think uh, – where does he rank for you all time? I mean, he won his oh. fourth title. It's. I think it's hard, man. Um, we probably could dedicate a whole show to that because I mean, I just I think you got to look at legacy players and you got to look at the guys from the the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Whenever you talk mm-hmm. about that, and how does LeBron fit into a role in the on the Boston Celtics in the eighties? Um, how does he fit into um, an era with um, with Doc? Uh, I mean, just any of these kind of guys, you know, like Dr. J. I mean, uh-huh. is does his game I think he could play pretty well at any era. I mean, right. but part of that is he's a big body dude. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I mean definitely top five. I'm just not going to entertain that he's the he, greatest player of all time. I don't think he's. I think a it's a hard. I, I mean, I think it's hard to say MJ is the greatest player of all time. It's just a you, everything's debatable because you can look at other players that have been great in their own respective era, mm-hmm. and so he's the greatest player in this era right now. Um, I think, you know, following Michael Jordan, it was like Kobe. And like you said, I think a couple of episodes ago, LeBron came in, um, what, like about the last third of Kobe's career? Right. Like, that. like that's when he really became. But the Lakers weren't good then. Yeah. And we didn't ever get to see them really match up in anything that mattered, which is unfortunate right. because that's what you want. 
but the Lakers got nanished from hell <laughs> yeah. for a while. And that, that is a shame. And now, but what, okay, here's the last one for me. What did you think about them, you know, doing the whole, like, this is for Kobe thing? I mean, I get it, because Kobe is, I mean, Kobe and Magic are the two icons, like, the two main icons of the Laker franchise. What about Kareem? Well, I mean, but Magic was a career Laker. (laughs) And even Kareem, Kareem didn't have success as a Laker until Magic he's a great writer? Do you know that Kareem's an awesome writer? Oh, Kareem's just a highly intelligent human. Like, he's just a great... But I I just, I thought... And maybe it had to do with the bubble and the way the season's been and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like it's almost hard to realize that Kobe died earlier this year. It feels like so long ago. Yeah, it's like, what? But I... I mean, for Kobe, I mean, I get it because it was such like it was such a shocking and tragic death. So yeah. I, I get like, like maybe I maybe that's part of it. It was so long I had, ago. I had no problem with like the four Kobe and what the Lakers were doing with that. But as far as where LeBron ranks for me, I would go back and forth between him and Magic as my number two, like kind of before this title. I think pro- this probably puts him ahead of Magic for me. I'd put him two. I mean, I don't think because of the 2011 Finals, I don't think he can ever catch Jordan. In my opinion, like you just can't. I think the fact Jordan just stuck it out essentially with one team his whole career, in and retired, went and played baseball, came back and still won titles. And the Bulls were a garbage organization before Jordan got there. Yeah, they were garbage organization. GM the whole time. I mean, what's funny is Krause was actually a solid GM. He was so terrible people skills. Yeah, Um, he was a Bill (laughs) O'Brien, but he had he found better talent. But but he was a he was a great scout. Like he was a great talent scout. It was almost like the Warriors, man. Like where you had. Like two or three really solid dudes, a great guy, and then really solid dudes, and then the rest were kind of like fringe players that you just needed not to screw up. You yeah, know? but I mean, even like, like with Jordan, I thought a last dance was so great. Um, but with Jordan, like even the last title, like Pippen was out for half the year with a back and was really a non-factor in the last few games of the finals. Dennis Rodman was a bench player in '98. You know, like, huh. like Rodman's a great player. He made guys like that work, though. Yeah, like it, like Jordan was. He was a leader. On su- yeah, he was like, and there's a uh, people get this wrong all the time, especially talking heads, where it's like making other players better. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is they use this with LeBron all the time, like, oh, he makes other players better. I would argue he doesn't. I, yeah. I don't think there's really anybody he's ever played with that besides maybe Matthew Delavadova in that one final series that he's really made a better player because LeBron surrounds himself with shooters. And then he passes to them when they're open and they make the shot. That's not making them a yeah, better like player. Yeah, like they just do their job. They're doing their job. He's not enhancing I, what, them. What Michael Jordan did was Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Like being the lead, like in, you know, in practice. In, he pushed them. In, like pushed pushing. Them. BJ Armstrong's another guy, Ron Harper. What he did with those guys, pushing them off the court, that's making guys better players. Like well, th- that, I feel like that's something that Kobe did too and, for some guys. Kobe's, I think, is a little bit different. I think Kobe tried so much to be like Jordan that he wasn't always authentic to himself. Where I thought Michael Jordan just was Jordan. Like, he just was MJ. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's the last thing I'll say on this Kobe LeBron or on this Jordan LeBron thing yeah. is making other people better. I would actually argue that Jordan was – he made his teammates better than Le- what LeBron does. But we'll move on. Local yeah, sports we close this one out. We'll close it out, but – Cal Allen, Corpus Christi Miller. This we finally week. had the game that uh, this is Lynn, the... Lynn Hayward was hype about. I was hyped about in the preseason. I was, I'm ready to go with this thing. It'll be exciting. I think there's a little more, little less hype right now for me because Miller's struggled with a couple of teams. Couple of Miller times struggled with the good teams too. they have played. 
and they they played Rockport and they played Vets and they struggled with those teams. They beat the they beat up on the bad teams. They're struggling with the good teams. This is such an intriguing matchup though because the the styles are so different. Right. And so it's either to me it's either going to be a blowout or a close game. It's oh, only two options. It's only two options. <laughs> but like but it's it's I, I think there's potential there for Miller to either put up 55 on Cal Allen, Cal Allen scores like 20. Or or it'll just be like a really close game. Well, I think Cal- for Cal Allen to win, I think it's got has to be you know I, I feel like a lower scoring game. I mean they can put up points. It's gonna be hard. It's ground. hard to get into a shootout. Yeah, I think for, air raid team. for Miller the key for me is and I said it a couple of weeks ago on a podcast where Andrew Body only threw two picks last year. The Miller quarterback he had six through four games this year. I if Miller doesn't turn the ball over, I think they win this game. But if they're sloppy with the ball, they're turning the ball over, I think Cal Allen, with the way they run the ball, the way they're trying to limit possessions, you can't give up possessions with turnovers. So I think that's the key. If you can take care of the ball, you win the game if you're Miller. If uh, you turn the ball over, I think Cal Allen walks out of Buck Stadium with a win. And what is the biggest game of the season so far in the Coastal Bend? We're in district play, baby. Yeah, we should try to go. <laughs> <laughs> we say that. We I, should. Well, if the but the, if the Astros are but if the Astros are playing on Friday night, like yeah, I'd, I, I would probably yeah. go with the Astros. But if the Astros Unless get swept, down. I'm down to go. Yeah, I mean that's like the Astros get, if the date books open. Yeah, we'll pencil it in. Well, pen- there's, there's really no other good games on the schedule. That well, I mean, I see. Th- this is the game of the Coastal Bend this yeah, like, year. Betts is playing Ray. Yeah, they'll, but, they'll blow out Ray. But this was, like, from when the schedules came out post-COVID, like, this was the game you circled. Yeah. Like, this was it right here. So Just this, sticking Miller into that district, it was like, huh. It was like, okay, here we go. That's cool. So I, I'm I'm wait, I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, if I don't go to the – if we don't go to the game, ultimately I'll have it up on one of the many screens in my uh Well, yeah, and so that's, a, that's been a cool offset of COVID is all these schools were allowed now to live stream their games where yeah. before the UIL – there were so many restrictions on it. Yeah, the suck face that the UIL is. Um, which, a side note to that, too, is the UIL apparently is celebrating 100 years, which I had no idea. But they're celebrating 100 years. It's that right. thing I sent you guys last night. Yeah. You can go vote on the top Yeah, so I did I did that. Industry. I voted for... Um, Rivalries. I voted for, what's his name, Gene Upshaw from Robstown yeah. for this week. I didn't That's, know he was from Robstown. Yeah, man, very cool. Hall and of Fame NFL brother, lineman. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, his brother's like on the hundred list too. It's pretty impressive. So. That Nguyen from Cal Allen's on the list as well. The former Cowboys linebacker who played oh, A and Yeah, he's Rockport. Yeah, Ro- Rockport. Rockport, not Cal yeah. Allen. Yeah. Um, Cal Allen's only produced like one NFL player, and he was a defensive end. But I'm gonna lose his name. I didn't. Now, but. I didn't think I saw him on the list. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's, there's best some dude. You go down that list though, and you look at names, and you're just Eric like, Dickerson wow. is on there. There's a lot of good guys that have come out of Texas yeah. over the years. So here's my number one guy. There's some recency bias here, but my number one guy is Kyler Murray. Yeah, 40, number one ever. Forty-eight and zero as a high school starter, three state championships, never lost a game, and rarely even Earl close Campbell. games. So again, like I wasn't. So again, for like that's for me. <laughs> yeah, well, modern era. Or overall, I mean, I would say, for, I mean, for me, it's overall because like that's like Kyler Murray, Kyler Rose, baby, Ky- Kyler Murray sold out Cowboys Stadium for his state championship game his senior year, like that's yeah, and Allen's right there. It was Allen, right? No, Alito. Yeah, Allen. Allen. Alito is Jonathan Gray, who was another. Okay. Who's another? He's a guy who would be up there. There's so many great running backs though. You have Jonathan yeah. Gray, Malcolm Brown. You go back, Earl Campbell and Eric Dickerson. Um, I mean, there's so many guys you can go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, even more recently, you had Zach Evans, who played at North Shore, who was number one running back in the country this year. 
Um, there's so many guys you can go through as running backs in the state of Texas who have been awesome. Texas is still a very big hotbed of talent. Oh, yeah. And it's If you got the Harris County All-Star team to play just for a college football team, they'd win a national championship every year. You just got every player from the city of Houston. So if you guys are interested in seeing this, it's through Dave Campbell. Dave Campbell. Um, so it's texasfootball.com slash UIL100100. So again, texasfootball.com slash UIL100. Um, just go check it out. It's just fun to go through. You can vote on the uh, yeah the top 100 players, top 100 rivalries. Um, Cal Allen's actually in there with GP. With GP, yeah, I saw uh, that. Austin Westlake, Lake Travis. Oh, you know what? Speaking of That's rivalries, too, Austin Westlake, Lake Travis, probably my number one in the state. You, but you know what's happening this this week and maybe for the last time ever, the uh, Midland Lee Odessa Permian rivalry because Midland Lee's going to change their name. At the end of this year, so they're gonna go from being so the rebels. They're gonna go from being rebels. Robert E. Lee. Rebels and, well, rebels now. gonna get changed too. So they're gonna be. So they're gonna be. They're gonna be something else. We don't know what yet, but they're gonna the be Midland something else. Drillers. Who knows? But it's not gonna be Midland Lee versus Odessa Permian anymore. Who knows? You bunch of frackers, get off the field. Hey, so I've actually been to a Midland Lee Odessa Permian game. Yeah, that's cool. I actually got to go to one of those games in what do they 2014. Call that? They, there's a name for it, right? Uh, like the Battle of the uh, I forget what the rivalry is called. I don't know. Let's see. There's a good name for it, yeah, but it's like because uh, Permian is uh, what they have the mojo. M- mojo. Um, goes back a long way. It goes back, and I, so I've, I've, I know. and I've and I've had the pleasure of know, knowing people on both sides. I have a couple yeah. of friends who went to Midland Lee. I have a couple of friends who went to Odessa Permian. Just in my who is the running back that um, that just died that played at Texas. Uh, Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson went to Midland Lee. Yeah. And he's another guy who'd be on that list of the all-time best uh, I think players so. in the state. Yeah, I think so. But so. Yeah, so that's a uh, – man, I hope we get a that, – that's – it'll be the last – it'll be the last time. And there's a movie, like, from Odessa Permian, like, where right. that rivalry is Friday Night Lights. So that's just – Yeah, there's no movies about Alabama high school football or California high school even football. Even Florida. Yeah. There actually is one with California. Oh, what was the What's name it of it? I don't want to say. I was in the it, it was twenty it was twenty fourteen. I can't remember the name of it. But it was a good, it was about De La Salle in Northern California. They're a powerhouse. Yeah. But yes. Well, so big game this week in Cal and Corpus Christi Miller. We already saw GP and Cal and the big rivalry in the coastal bend. But yeah, that's a I think that wraps us up for today. Yeah. I think, I think so. We went a little long today. That's all right. Appreciate you guys hanging in there because right on sports podcast is the best place to find your sports in the Coastal Bend. Yes, sir. Um, follow like follow us on uh, Instagram at right on underscore sports on Facebook, right on sports page. Um, we're going to go eat lunch now. Somewhere. Somewhere. This, this wonderful. Don't right. forget to visit the right on Corpus Christi. Oh, and don't well. forget to vote. Early voting started today. Don't forget to vote. Vote in your local elections. No excuses, baby. That's that's my uh, that's my PSA. Vote in your local elections, baby. Don't care who it's for. Just go do Re- it. I really don't. Just Get the information, figure out who you want to vote for, and go and vote. All right, that is it for this week. We're going to go eat lunch go now. Go Strohs. We look go. forward to talking about the World Series next week. Go Strohs. Yes, sir. World Series talk next week, hopefully. All right, we'll see you later. Y'all have a great week. Bye. Bye.